From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more, now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy and Corey Clark. What's up, everybody? It's Wake Up War Champ, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Coming up on today's show, you didn't do really anything great at all, but you won. How important is it to just win, or do you need to focus on what needs to improve? Wake Up War Champ, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. That's in Tallahassee, Florida. CPTallyBar.com on the internet, 2475 Appalachian Parkway. Physical address in the capital city. Daily lunch specials, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., only eight ninety nine, and on Mondays, Victory Burger, everybody. They did win. Uh, go get you a half-pound Black Angus beef burger at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Comes with a side dish of your choice, straight fries, curly fries, tater tots, side salad. You know all of the options. Check it out over at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Don't forget, tomorrow, trivia night, 7 p.m., going down. Warchant.com, your ultimate symbol sports source. Five-star rating and review, please. Thumbs up if you're listening to us on YouTube. Certainly would appreciate it. Also, subscribe to the YouTube page. Subscribe to Warchant.com. Corey Clark, how are you, my friend? Covering a 3-0 team, ranked 3-1 and poll, fourth in the other, man. Feels good. Feels nice, right? It feels good. A lot better than it did uh, two years ago, three years ago, even last year, honestly, because I don't think people believe Florida State was any good last year. Uh, so, yeah, feels uh yeah, again, Saturday wasn't great, granted, but uh, it was a win, and it, it, it certainly better than a loss because a loss would have been devastating. Mm. It would have been a, it would have felt like a season ender. Mm. It would have felt like a a a, a tenure ender. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like all the goodwill that had been built up over the last eighteen months, I feel like would have been axed to death. Mm if they would have lost that game, but they didn't. They did not. They avoided a catastrophe is what Saturday was in Boston. Okay, 31-29 victory. What, 26-and-a-half-point favorite? Something like that, we think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, in that neighborhood, sure. Again, I don't think there was anything you really felt good about this team after watching that game, which, that, I mean, that's that's the problem. That's the, the tough thing to square up is that ultimately you, you did win you looked around the entire college football world on Saturday night, yeah. and you realized that everybody else had problems. Georgia was down at half. Uh, apparently, Alabama might not be all that great, but apparently Texas' win over them is still valuable enough for them to vault Florida State in the writers' poll, but I digress. It, it just seems like there was nothing that really that stood out on a positive note other than winning the game, which obviously is the, the big key thing here. We understand everybody. Um, I mean, for me, like the disappointing parts, Corey, were just – some of the things that I thought no longer resided within this program or things I thought that maybe they had accumulated enough talent, had the right amount of coaching acumen, they were going to be kind of immune to some of these forces, yeah. whether it's looking past the Boston College for Clemson or just not being able to play your best game and then still being able to pull away comfortably. Like Some of these things I thought no longer reside in them. I thought maybe a special season was on the uh, was awaiting all of us. Maybe not special, special, but still can be really successful. So that's what we should really hold on to. You can still be successful, not be special. Ultimately, is what I'm trying to say. Well, yeah, but that's that's acting like even special teams are immune to these games, and they're not. Um, Clearly, 
Yeah. You, you know, look around the country, man. Te- Texas was up. Texas was 10-10 to 10 in the fourth quarter at home against Wyoming. Yeah, Quinn Ewers um, had to, like, rally the guys on the sideline before they went back out there. It was, yeah, uh, I mean, they had – I looked it up. I'm like, what is going on? Do they have, like, six turnovers? And it was like, no. Going into the fourth quarter, Texas had, like, 150 yards of offense. Ewers had 80 yards passing through three quarters. Uh, just bizarre. And then you looked at Georgia. They were down 14-3 to three at half to what I think is not a very good South Carolina – well, I know it's not a very good South Carolina team. Um, now they righted the ship, and I think that's the difference: is that they both of those teams played well late. Florida State melted down late, mm-hmm. but Florida State had a 28-28-0 run in that game, and they had a what did they have in the LSU game? Like a 35 to three run? Sounds about right. Yeah. Something like that. 42 to three, 35 to three, something like that. And then obviously in the Southern Miss game, they won by they had a 50 to 0 run. So the cool thing is, even in that awful, like they started terribly. And they finish terribly. And there is cause for concern, obviously. But in the middle, they did rally to the point where I thought they had put the game on ice. Yeah. And they did too, mm-hmm. obviously. But a, a 28 to nothing run on the road with a team that is kind of playing well, like Boston College was, I thought that was encouraging. And I... If they, I thought I was going to be writing a column about man, what a great, what a great response. Yeah. What a great yeoman's like, workman like response. You get down early. This kid's running around like Fran Tarkenton, well, a faster, shiftier Fran Tarkenton, making plays everywhere. You withstand that, and then you exert your dominance and win going away on the road again. I thought that's what I was going to be writing, and then the last forty five minutes were an utter nightmare, um, and they were lucky to win the game. But so, but the point being, there was some good in there. That twenty eight nothing run on the road against a team that's playing well, and it, you gave them reason to believe because you just give them wide open passes to start the game, just like you did LSU. Um, you know, I thought that was really encouraging. And then clearly, the last quarter and a half was discouraging. But I don't think that means I don't. I still think, and I wrote about this. I, I think it on the column. It's column on the website, folks. Go read it. Ira said it was one of our best ones in a while. Last it was. Long. I, I never th- get. I read it. Pop- I, I agree. Oh, great! Thank you. Um, Ira actually verbalized it to me. I didn't have to fish for a compliment from him. But that's we have a different relationship. Um, but yeah, the the point being, I think it's still the same team that did what it did to LSU. And what's funny, I was thinking about this on Saturday. Is I guarantee you, all those crazy Cajun Bayou fans on Saturday night felt a lot better about their football team yeah. than Florida yeah. State fans felt Saturday night about their football team. And, folks, two weeks ago, you beat the yeah. dog crap out of them. Yeah. Yeah. So just just think of it as, like, they aren't a better team. They had a better day, obviously. They played much better on in their, uh, in their road game than you did. But you're still the team that beat them by four touchdowns. Um, and and really put it on them in the fourth quarter, took over the game and dominated them. So don't lose sight of that. It was an awful quarter and a half. But I don't think that, to me, it doesn't change anything about the ceiling of this football team. Now, the floor was lowered a little. I didn't know the floor could be that low. Hmm. Does that make sense? The, the, I didn't know the basement could be that low where literally everybody else on your schedule, save for Virginia Tech and North Alabama, could probably beat you. If you play like that, I didn't know that was possible. I should say they they, they can't. You could lose to them because you would yes. you would lose. They wouldn't correct. Beat you. They wouldn't beat you, but you yeah. could lose to them. Yeah. I didn't know that that was possible right. before. Agreed. Um, Agreed. But b- before Saturday, but I think I, the ceiling is still just as high. Th- to me, yes. I, 
You know that's what I mean? What I, the ceiling was, is still high. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. I just I feel like you still can win a national title, but you're not yeah. going to look like the 2013 team, and that's okay as long as you yeah. you know get to the playoff and win a national title because it, these sort of games weren't in the DNA. Like Florida State's 2013 team was not going to get into dogfights with teams at this caliber. Not in week three. Like you know they struggled against Nevada, they struggled against Boston College, but they they pulled away and then and then kept their edge as Mike Norvell said he wanted this team to keep their edge. So I, I totally agree with what you're saying because wasn't the, the kind of the title of your column something about was this an anomaly or you know alarming like, alarming yeah and yeah I, I guess to your point we we do feel like it's an anomaly. I do. I, I do. Look, man, the, and I'm not giving them a pass. Uh, the game was just weird. You started out terribly on defense. You couldn't get off the field. You gave up a million third and 20s. Um, and it just so the offense always felt like there was extra pressure on it because it didn't get the ball much. Like literally, they they had the ball three times legitimately uh, until the one minute drop. The, they got the ball back with a minute to go in the first half, and it's the possession that Jordan got hurt on. It was the only possession they didn't score, and they they had had the ball three times in the first twenty nine minutes of the game. They had three drives. They scored on all of them. So I thought the offense played really well the first six drives. It scored on five of them, and then it devolved into chaos there at the end. But um, it, you know, they just they. They got down. It felt like one of those games where it's like, man, is this going to be a game? You're going to fiddle fart around, give this kid confidence, and you're going to be in a four-quarter game. And then in the span of, I don't know, it felt like 20 to 25 plays, you're up by 21 points and you have the ball at midfield. And you're like, okay, this game's over. It's a wrap. Hmm. It's a wrap. They're going to run away with this. They're probably going to cover. Yeah, yeah. That's what it felt like. Absolutely. And I just think they exhaled. I don't know if I use that word in my column. I don't know if Norvell used that he word did. or not. He did. But but it just felt like an exhale. Like, okay, we survived all that craziness with, with uh, you know, that kid running around make looking like a Heisman contender. We've now righted the ship. It's 31 to 10. We've got the ball at midfield. One more score and our injured quarterback can come out of the game and we can just put this thing on cruise control. And it did not happen. And that was disappointing because I – this team is too mature, in my opinion, to have a, a, a you know, a, 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 an avalanche like that. And it was all phases. Yeah. It was special teams. It was uh, offense not doing anything at all. It was defense continually giving up uh, huge plays on third and long. Um, just not, like like I wrote about, there was nothing really redeeming about it, other than you avoided a catastrophic loss and you were still top five in the country. And you still have all your goals out in front of you and you still have a margin for error. All of that. Like if you lose this weekend at Clemson, you can still win the ACC. So make the playoff. You can still make the playoff. If you lose to Boston College, no chance. None. So at least you avoided the catastrophe. But obviously this team is not uh, foolproof. It is not immune to uh, giving up to playing horribly which it did. It is a much better team than Boston College. It's a much better team than it played on Saturday. It just played horribly for about 45 minutes. I thought they got rattled. I thought they got nervous. I think the coaching staff got nervous. Um, I I didn't like what Norvell did at all in in the second half. I I don't know how. Keon Coleman's the best skilled player on the team. He had, I don't think they threw the ball to him in the second half. The only touch he had was on a reverse, a really big reverse, by the way, an end around. Sorry, I'm still, uh, I'm still a Bowdenite at heart. An end around on third and three, where I think he might, him and Johnny might be the only receivers on the team that don't get a first down on that run. Yeah. He runs out of bounds. 
a yard short of the first down, where I think Winston Wright, Destin Hill, Williamson, Deuce, you know, anybody would have cut it up and gotten a first down. That's a huge first down in that moment. It's right after Johnny's catch. It gets you closer to their field goal range. And instead, it's fourth and one. And then on fourth and one, he gets called for OPI on what would have been a 25-yard gain, and you have to punt. I, I just – you've got to find a way to get your best player the ball. And it makes no sense to me that Trey Benson gets 15 or 16 touches in a game and Keon Coleman gets one. Three targets, according to PFF, by the way. I, and I think it was two. I don't remember the third. I guess I could be wrong, but I, I don't remember the third. Um, and they were both jump balls, 50-50 kind of balls. And it's like, man, I've watched that dude run routes all the time. There's no way BC has a corner that's just covering that kid. Hmm. And he can find holes and zones. you got to do In my opinion, you've got to do a better job uh, of getting him the ball. And now maybe they're taking him away, and that's why Johnny was so open a lot of the game, and that's why Jaheim was open. That That's certainly a possibility. But I do know when I watch all these other really great offenses around the country that have these great receivers – they find a way to give him the ball. Marvin Harrison doesn't go zero for zero in a game. And Keon Coleman's a first-round pick. And you're in a tight game in the third and fourth quarter. They don't have a Keon Coleman on their side of the field. You do. You've got to figure out a way to, to utilize that. So, But again, they won. So I know I'm complaining like it's a loss. They did win. They had that great stretch, that 28-0 stretch, which is the reason they won. But obviously there's a lot to uh, work upon, improve upon. And, uh, yeah, it's the middle of September, so you have to think they will. I guess kind of in a roundabout way, I'm, I'm trying to talk to myself but not do that because that's crazy. So I'll, I'll kind of ask you because I feel like I'm the one that felt like the team was much more foolproof or foolproof, rather, than you did. You know, I, I've gone on, on, on and on just about how I feel like this team offensively is such an absolute difficult challenge for 60 full minutes to defend. And we saw towards the end of the game there those last couple possessions, I mean, they – they were dispatched kind of easily. So, yeah. you know, what change, what sort of concerns, not alarming, but what sort of concerns maybe kind of came to the surface in this game that might not be one-off anomaly kind of stuff that are that's going to create these possibly closer than we expected games further down the line? Well, I, I think, number one, at Jordan's health, um, if you watch that um, – the third down run that actually that ends the game because of the face mask on Toa Feely, which you know they'd have they would have had to punt if if that didn't happen, and and I think they probably lose the game if that doesn't happen. But it did happen. Yep. Good job with 18 penalties, BC. <laughs> um, but uh, if Jordan Travis keeps that ball, he can moonwalk to a first down. He can run 20. He could run 10 or 12 yards and get down. But I think because he's banged up, clearly he was banged up, and the the taking his legs out of the equation. If they know he like they knew he wasn't going to keep it, they knew it. So they dove in on on uh, Toa Feely and defended it well. And I think there was another one where he gave it to Benson. If he pulls it, there's a big there's a big lane there, but he can't because he's hurt. We don't know what it is. We don't know if it's a shoulder. Uh, it looked like a left shoulder, but it could be ribs. It's something on his left side. It's not his it's not his throwing shoulder, thankfully. Right. But it, it is going to get hurt to get tackled. Um, and we'll see what his availability is for next week. I would assume if he can play in the second half of BC, he'll be able to play at Clemson. But it's not ideal that he's banged up because if you're just going to run a traditional running game where you basically have Drew Weatherford back there where there's no threat of the quarterback running the ball, well, you saw Boston College hemmed you up pretty good. The second half, you did nothing running the ball. You know, I think the first half, Benson had like 
maybe 60 yards in the first half, 50 yards and a touchdown. In the second half, he had eight yards on six carries. And I do need to say this because I've talked about it already uh, on on the War Chant rap and then in the column. You know, Benson's got to be better or his carries need to go to somebody else. He he is he is tiptoeing a little too much. And man, it's a it's a tough deal with this position, right? Hmm. Like I get it. It's a hard. It's the. It, I would say now it's the most physically demanding position in football, running back, hmm. especially when you watch them in the NFL because they just chew your body up. You are supposed to run 100 miles an hour and hit every hole at full speed, take on tacklers, lean forward, take contact, and turn a three-yard gain into a six-yard gain because second and four is such a bigger deal than second and seven. And so I get why Benson, in a, in a money year, quote-unquote, maybe isn't running like a rookie trying to make a roster like he will next year. Hmm. I get it. But Florida State needs him to run like the Benson that was proving himself last year, in my opinion. I'm not saying he's been horrible. He's, he's well, he got five touchdowns this year. He's doing he's doing okay. But it, when you're trying to run out the clock against a team, I didn't think the offensive line was terrible by any means. Boston College had one tackle for loss. Like, it wasn't like they were moving the line of scrimmage. No. I think there were holes. They weren't gaping holes that Warwick Dunn used to run through. But they were holes enough that – those shouldn't be two-yard gains and no-yard gains. They should be four- and five-yard gains to keep the chain moving so then you're not looking at second and nine or third and ten like they seem to be the whole second half. Um, so anyway, you have Rodney Hill, who runs really hard, like his hair's on fire. You have Keziah Holmes. Like, you have options. If Benson's going to tip-tap around and not hit holes at full speed and kind of be like Le'Veon Bell – this isn't the offensive line for him, I don't think, and that's not who we had last year. That's not who we saw last year. So I think that's going to be a real interesting development um, come Saturday in Clemson. Like if he runs like he did in the second half against Boston College, I think you will see him not get nearly the touches that you would have thought he would have gotten before the season began. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 And then defensively, Mm. You know, I don't know how much of this we put on Akeem Dent. Maybe he's just uh, the, I mean, the linchpin of it all, uh, holding it all together. But, you know, defensively, that was, a, I guess, maybe a tough, a tougher than we assumed assignment. You were you were leaving the door open that, you know, maybe this kid with his ability, Thomas Cassianos, to, to scramble can create some problems, which he clearly did. It yes. just seemed like an exorbitant amount, um, especially just – we're not talking about him converting third and sixes. I mean, we're, we're talking about, you know, third and 12s, third and 20s. Um, you know, I was concerned with the amount of third and one, fourth and ones that Boston College had where they just ran it right, you know, inside kind of power running and were able to p- pick them up really easily. So, I mean, for you, is it is it the rushing defense maybe not being as stout as we hoped or is this uh, the secondary showing uh, just miscommunication or – uh, just thinking too much, bad eyes, things. I mean, what, what defensively, what's the the thing that kind of uh, surfaced on Saturday for you, Corey? Oh, I think it's absolutely the 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 secondary, um, the third long defense, the second long defense. Um, again, what I wrote about you're you're facing a kid that's making his second start uh, of his college career. Um, in the in the, far, the first start was against Holy Cross, so you're thinking, okay, he's taking a giant leap in competition level. He's probably not ready for this. And he might not have been. But then you give him a wide-open 35-yard pass on the second play of the game. Wide open, inexplicably. 
Now, I know Knowles was blitzing and he missed him, and Knowles did that a few times. He was no- tripping. He was tripping and he still yeah. missed him. Yeah, exactly. He just did, He just completely whiffed. But I don't understand why a defense, if you blitz a safety off the backside, all of a sudden that whole side of the field is completely empty. So literally he could have punted it to him. He could have walked it to him. He could have he could have granny shotted it to him because there's nobody on that. There's nobody in the picture. And that's what bothered me the most about the entire game is that you gave the kid who's looking for confidence that, you know, I know he's a confident kid, they say. But man, come on. He's he's he he got he scored 31 against Holy Cross. This a whole different animal he's supposedly playing. And it is. But you gave him such easy completions or as I wrote in the column layups that. All of a sudden, we, we've a lot of us have played basketball. You hit a couple of layups, make a couple four-footers. Well, all of a sudden, now the rim gets bigger. And I just hate – it's what bothered me so much about the Clemson game last year. You gave a struggling quarterback confidence because you di- he didn't have to make tough throws. He made simple high school throws, middle school throws. And then all of a sudden, well, yeah, now he's dropping it in the bucket and making incredible throws because he thinks he's good. He thinks he's John Elway. You gave him that in the first half. Now – there are some plays that kid made. You know, it worried. What worried me the most, other than the weather, which ended up being uh, too big a factor, was when when you found out they they uh, who said he moved like a slot receiver. I think Adam Fuller did, and then also that they recruited him as an athlete. And I'm like, well, oh man, if this guy, if this crew recruited this kid as an offensive skill player, well, he's obviously going to be uh, really tough to contend with in the pocket or when he gets outside of the pocket. And he was. Some of that stuff is just. What, how do you defend it? Yeah. You can't. I mean, he's just he's better. He's a better athlete than the guys that were trying to tackle him. That that happens. That's the, you know Jordan Travis does that to people. You know back when he used to run. Uh, Jane Daniels does that to people. There are quarterbacks in this country that are just exceptional athletes, and you can't fault um, like the play he made their last touchdown on four. I think it was a fourth and two when they really should have kicked the field goal. Yeah. It's crazy he didn't, yeah. but it worked out. Um, you know, he's he's supposed to go into the B-gap, and Florida State has two guys there because he's been killing them in the B-gap all day. They have two guys there. He shakes both of them with one move and then gets outside for a touchdown. That's just a great individual play, and he made a couple of sensational throws. But you don't have to make it so easy for him in the beginning of the game. Or, as I pointed out in the column and as I pointed out on Twitter, what ended up, what could have ended up being the biggest play of the game if Boston College would have won, is when they're down 31 to 10, they've just punted. You don't do anything, and you punt the ball back. They get the ball, at whatever. Well, you kicked it in the end zone, so they have it at the 20. And then they get a first down on fourth and one. They run it two more times. They lose yardage. It's they have. I think I assume they had another holding or false start. It's third and 17. It's 31 to 10. It's five or six minutes to go in the third quarter. If you get a stop there. They punt and they quit. They punt and they quit. And yet, you allowed somehow for a kid. Not, it didn't take a magic throw. It didn't take a Doug Flutie throw. Um, or a, I don't know why I'm using all these old dudes from the 80s and 70s. Um, it didn't take a, a Cam Newton. Let's say a Cam Newton play. You just wide open in the middle of the field. Kevin Knowles lets a guy catch the ball right in front of his face. Doesn't come up on that play. He catches it you know, for a first down, and then Knowles misses the tackle and he gets another 30 yards. How's that happen on third and 17? And then you're in a game. 
And so that I think honestly, Aslan, that was the most disappointing aspect of it. It wasn't it's a long answer. It wasn't the rush defense, although it wasn't great. You got pushed back a lot. That that running back is a big kid. Uh, but I thought for the most part you did fine in the running game, other than the quarterback. It's just you let that kid throw for 300 yards, and you let him get so many easy completions that there at the end he's making incredible throws. I, the last drive, actually, before they, they – and they did get the stop, and we'll talk about that. But on that drive, they had a third and 20, right? He rolls to his right and makes the best throw anybody made all weekend in college football. An unbelievable throw. It was so unbelievable that um, they they flashed to a Boston College kid in the crowd, and you can read his lips. He goes, what is happening? It was an incredible throw, but you gave him that confidence because of the way you played in the easy throw. You gave him all the layups, so then he's hitting 40-footers. That's essentially what happened. You can't do that with inexperienced kids. And guess what? The kid you're playing on Saturday is about to make his fifth-ever career start, and it will be by far the most pressure-packed start of his career. Are you going to give him a bunch of easy throws too, or are you going to make him earn it? Because if you make him earn it and make him go get it, and don't give them these huge windows to throw in, you're probably going to win the game and rattle them. Don't get rattled on your Monday, everybody. Take some vitamin energy, whether you're getting ready to get back in the gym, the workout plus, or just back into the office. Maybe the mood plus, maybe the focus plus. It's all there for you over at vitaminenergy.com. And when you use the promo code WARCHAMPBOGO, that's WARCHAMPBOGO, you buy one, you get an item of equal or lesser value for absolutely free. So do both. Maybe you want to work on your focus. All right. Maybe you want to work on your mood. Okay. Mm. Buy one of those. Get the other one free. It's how it works. Because of our good friends at vitaminenergy.com that are Florida State alums and like the program, like the, the football program and our program too, and they want to help you folks out. So use that promo code WordChampBogo, B-O-G-O. Vitaminenergy.com. It's energy with benefits. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Corey, I, th- I think we're being pretty level-headed here. We're not throwing yeah. in the towel on the seas or anything crazy, so hopefully we don't have to see any like, oh, you guys are being too negative. And I, and I did want to mention this real quick. So Boston College ran for 152 yards in that game, but their two running backs had 25 carries for 57 yards. That's, I mean, Boston College has a big line and an exper- a pretty experienced line. And an NFL uh, offensive line coach. You know, that was yeah, there, you know, I, I think back, so. 25 for 57 out of the traditional running game with your running backs – um, with a long of eight, that's pretty good. You'll take that, right? What bothered me, though, was like on third and one, that's them just lining up like in power yeah. formation and just running it right down Florida State's gullet. And it's a hard ask to stop those. But, again, I just felt like this team, the way they were assembled, the way Jeff Halfley talked about this defensive line before the game and after the game, he's like, you know, this is a defensive line you don't want to look at on film because it's scary. It's just NFL guys everywhere. That Like, you know, you, you buck up and you wouldn't, allow them to convert four out of five fourth downs and a handful of third and ones. And the one fourth down you did stop them on is the drive that you end up, you know, Lawrence Hofield ends up fumbling. So that yeah. kind of was rendered. No, you had the one in the first half too, I think, maybe. I, I think they had two 
four down stops. I, I could be wrong. You might be right. It might just be the one. You're I right. You're right. It's just yeah. the one. They were right. four and five. They were four yeah. for five on fourth down, and then uh, they were eight for nineteen on their third downs. Florida yeah. State was two and nine. So I mean, like seeing that is what concerns me. But obviously, the the lapses in coverage. Because again, I mean, he he made some nice throws, but man, a lot of these guys were running wide open. These weren't, yes, you know, uh, fitted into really tight windows in the tight passing lane. So, uh, just the fact that this continually was a problem for an entire sixty minutes against this team is is quite concerning. A couple other things I want to touch on here, Corey, then we can kind of maybe pivot to you know our thoughts on how they'll respond. Because I think we both think they're going to respond well this coming week. At least I do. Uh, but you know, Jeff Halfley talked about. The plan was to win the time of possession battle, like yeah. going away. I wasn't able to fact check this, but he said that in his post game that Florida State apparently, and I'm assuming this is under Mike Norvell, when Florida State does not have the ball for at least 34 minutes of a football game, they're three and ten. So it ends up that BC had the ball for 33.50, mm. and if well, ten more seconds—that's all you needed, half. Which, if you don't get the face mask on Lawrence Toafila, you probably get the ball back and yeah you know listen Florida State's de- defense made a stop there beforehand so it wasn't like Boston College was scoring on every single drive in the second half they they threw a stop in there but the fact that like that was probably going to be the game plan we talked about it here on the show too about if you're Boston College it's you know you're watching the scoreboard more you look at the game clock more so than maybe the the points on the board at certain intervals of this game and then the whole exhale taking a deep breath I think deep breath is what Norvell said in his post game because I do feel like, yeah, when they got up 31 to 10, you're like, man, this is they're going to cover, they're going to go away because yeah. this is what these sort of teams that are built to do end up doing, which is the way I thought they were built. But is it self-inflicted at all? I, it was an amazing interception that, that DJ Lundy had. You end up with great field position. You reward him for a good play, and you give him the ball so he can score a touchdown. You've, d- you've done that before in, in a kind of crunch time situation with LSU, but like, I feel like when you – you know, it's third and one or whatever the situation was. Man, just run in with your running back. You don't need to bring Refrigerator Perry in here and give him like a a capping mm. moment in a Super Bowl. I, I just feel like when you do a you do a, a making a decision like that, I feel is going to create a reverberation of allowing your team to kind of take a breath because it's like, all right, man, DJ just made a pick, first possession of the the half for them. They choke on it after we score. Now DJ scoring touchdowns. We're just going to go off and win the game. We got our linebacker right here scoring touchdowns. We're all good. Where I, that's what kind of concerns me is that it felt like Halfley had a plan, probably executed it better than Norvell did, but ultimately more talent on the Florida State side. And then I think you just made some decisions that probably put your team in a very comfortable uh, sort of space to to take a deep breath and then end up in a 60-minute football game. Yeah, I, I, the, the pushback I would have to that is, I mean, we watch practice and we watch this team the last three years. That, that's not It's not like he put uh, Jared Burse in at fullback. Right. And gave him a carry. DJ Lundy is a part of their goal line package. Um, now, did he get the ball because they loved him for the interception? Maybe, but that's not a crazy play to give it to your. You know, you don't have any fullbacks on the team to give it your fullback to, from the one yard line. And quite frankly, it was a. It was ridiculous that he they even had to run that play because Jaheim Bell scored. Yes. It was an yes. unbelievably Effort. athletic play. Yeah. Not just the fact that he, I think he spun past the guy, stiff-armed two other guys, sped through their secondary, and as he's being tackled at the three, he has the wherewithal to keep his legs extended so nothing on his legs touches the ground as he reaches out. It should have been a touchdown, and it wasn't. And that was a, you know, that was that was sad for Jaheim, man. Uh, that was a ridiculous call. Um, but but I. After they scored that touchdown, Aslan, they got a three and out. Yeah. 
right afterwards, and then the kid punted it off the side of his foot, and you had first and ten at the, at 50, at the 50. And then you have your really kind of your only three and out you'd had the whole game. And it just, you know, on third and six, Jordan keeps it and tries to truck a guy on the sideline, yeah. which was a weird decision. And then I think they're getting ready to go for it, and then Winston Wright lines up off sides. Uh, th- th- those, are the, those are mistakes, those little things. They seem little at the time, but – I, you know, you didn't run much clock, which I, the whole that whole starting on that possession is when it devolved into madness. Right there is when they went on their 19 nothing nothing run. But I think it's right to point out how bad the offense was when it mattered, because at the end of the day, I know we want to wring our hands and we want to say, you know, what the Fuller and third and Fuller and he and clearly he didn't have a good day. Obviously, they gave up 22 points. Seven of them was on your offense. Well, I mean, so, the, the fumble on Trey Benson too. I mean, you're right. You gave them the ball to twenty. You can rise. Although up I think and that might have been the one where still. they got they they got stu- stuffed on fourth down. Actually, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, but yeah, you, you gave them a touchdown, and your offense did nothing when it mattered. Which is supposed to be not only supposed to be the strength of the team, it's supposed to be one of the best offenses in the United States. And when it got tight late in the game. You couldn't get a running game going, and you couldn't make throws uh, to get first downs. And when you did, your wide receiver, your first-round wide receiver, is getting called for OPI. We'll ask Norvell about – at least I'll try to ask him about that play today um, when when we talk to him because I – you know, I don't I don't know what Keon did wrong there. I guess he's, he's – I don't know if Keon thought it was going to be a run because he blocked like he thought it was going to be a run. Or, or he just blocked too soon. He should have waited a half a second, and then it's not OPI because Morlock's caught the ball. But I don't know what exactly happened there, but that's the game. Stuff like that is how you lose games. And as good as Keon's been, and as much praise as he's gotten on this show and just in general over the last six weeks, with good reason, he was terrible in Boston. Terrible. That Lawrence um, Toafili fumble, if he decides to block or just get in the way of the defender – Lawrence probably cuts it up the field and is gone for a touchdown, but he, he did not even engage. And that's a I want to ask Norvell whether Keon thought the ball was coming to him. Did he not know there was an option there for a, a screenplay? But to your point, there's numerous plays in the game where Keon did not live up to the sort of potential that we see for him and what he's shown earlier on. Well, yeah, and I don't know whose fault it was for or what, what he did wrong necessarily with the OPI on the fourth down conversion that could have almost iced the game at that point. Yeah. I don't know um, if he's coached to do that or if he just did it too early or if it was a bad call or what. But I do know when it's third and three and the game is spiraling and you desperately need another first down to chew clock and get in a scoring range, you've got to get – you can't run out of bounds a yard short. You've got to cut it up and get a first down. Or they need to give it to somebody else to do that. And then not only did he not catch the two balls that he had a chance for, including one in the end zone, um, but he lets that punt after you get the stop on the sack by Thomas and Deloach. Azarie, I thought, made some impactful plays. And Deloach did too. I didn't yes. like that he got pushed yeah. back so much um, when he was trying to tackle that Robichaux kid, but that kid's enormous. Um, but I thought Deloach played pretty well. But, you know, you can't let a punt hit off your leg. Mm. Like, he ran up to it, let it hit, and then it hit off his leg and luckily deflected out of bounds. The way that game was going, it is a miracle that it didn't deflect right to a Boston College kid. It's just, it was crazy. It seemed like he, um, you know, he's too good a player to not shot. The whole big-time players and big-time games, and I know it was only a big-time game because it it wasn't when the game started, but you've got to step up in those moments and make plays. 
That's what you're here for. That's what everybody expects of you, man. You're a first-round pick, and you're awesome. And luckily, they won the game anyway without him. And I thought Johnny stepped up and made big-time plays, yep. uh, which was good to see. And I think this was a, a – talk about an anomaly – I think it was absolutely an anomaly. I don't think Keon Coleman will ever play like that again. I think it, it it might end up being the best thing for them. And as we were about to talk about, I I probably I mean I don't know, man. If they'd have won, if they'd have beaten Boston College fifty to six, maybe I wouldn't be saying this. I feel like it almost went about as well as it could oh, going into this game. No, because there is zero chance. It it, it would have been it would have been. Um, if I don't they know. Went, if they went 50 to 6, they have the the emotional maturity and uh wherewithal to not look past Clemson and I I understand what you're saying. This kind of it, it centers you. It brings yes, you back down it to earth. It grounds you. But if if you are as talented as we, th- we 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 know they are and if you are as physically, you know, dominant and mentally sharp as we hope they would be, I think you could run the table and, and do it quite, you know, spectacularly. But again, just keep winning these games because they did win. And I guess to your point, we can pivot now to the fact that, yeah, I guess the silver lining of this is every team seemingly at least has one of these. You know, LSU in 2019 for all their dominance had a scare. Yeah. You know, Florida State had a scare against Boston College for a half in 2013, which we're no longer going to compare this team to 2013 or Jameis Winston and Jordan Travis ever again, everybody, unless they go and win 55-14 to 14 this weekend. But – you were able to win it, and I, I I do believe that they're going to respond really good this week because, as you've pointed out, this offensive line with all the starts they have and this defensive line with all the talent they have and just the experience. This I was hoping they didn't need something like this, core, but maybe it's something that they did need ultimately. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I Because I, in no way did I ever assume that Florida State was going to go into Clemson and blow them out, this team. Um, I just think I everybody made up their mind about Clemson because of one bad game to start the season. Um, now clearly they're beatable and they're not the Clemson of four years ago or three years ago. We get that, but they were always going to give Florida state a fight. And now Florida state doesn't come in at all. Like expecting to win big. They know they're in for a fight because they've seen it and they got to live through a meltdown, handle it horribly and still win. So the one thing about Mike Norvell coach teams, I think, is they usually do respond pretty well. They usually do learn from learn lessons. And so they got to learn their lesson in a win. And they are going to be they're, they're going to have doubters again, which is good for them. You, Clemson's given up, I think. I mean, I think Clemson's outscored these. The, 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 I don't know. When the game has been on the line, they've scored 100 points and given up like 14 against FAU and uh, Charleston. I know it's FAU and Charleston Southern, but still. They're playing very well. They're playing well these last two weeks. They feel like they're going to win. They're probably very confident they're going to win. But I love that Florida State doesn't come in as a big favorite. I don't know what the spread is. I saw one that had Florida State as two and a half. I saw, I saw one another one that was a pick em. Yeah. Um, either way, if Florida State beats Boston College 51-6, to six, I think they're 10-point favorites at least. And it is laughable to think that any Florida State team would be going into Death Valley after this last decade expecting to win by two touchdowns. Man, you're going to be in a dogfight. That team is talented. That kid can play. He can run too. Like, you, this is not going to be easy. And I like knowing that the, what we saw in the third, late third and all the fourth quarter, you hope has been flushed. And now they, they know they can be beat. They know if they play well, they could. if they don't play well, they could be embarrassed. 
because they were embarrassed the last quarter and a half against Boston College. They won, but that was an embarrassing showing. And I think at the end of the day, that could be very, very healthy for them. And I love that Clemson won by 50 points. Like, I just love it. They played well. That's fine. Uh, I don't I don't think that offense is anything special, uh, but they played well. It's fine. I just liked it. Their narrative has shifted a little bit where Florida State now has some doubters and they have to go prove themselves again because they have not arrived. I know they're number three in the country, but they have not arrived. And now they can go in hungry and as the hunted because they didn't they didn't handle being hunted very well on Saturday. Well, I think they're still the I think they they they're classified as the hunter on Saturday, playing a team they haven't uh, this Saturday coming up that they haven't beaten a decade. I guess, That's why I liked it. That's why I like, yeah. like, look, of course I would have liked it more if they had turned that 31 to 10 lead into a 45 to 13 win, because I still would have thought, man, this team might be, this team's incredible, no. but it might, that might be a slap in the face, a, a, re, a realistic slap in the face that, like you said, gets them centered, gets them grounded, especially for this week, Sunday through Sunday to Friday and lets them know that, look, if they don't play well, they can be embarrassed. But if they play well, man, when they play well, they're the best team in the country. The fourth quarter gets LSU is incredible. I just the, the second the the midway through the second through the midway through the third against Boston College was incredible. Like they went on a twenty-eight nothing run on the road in a game they were down. They should though. That's that's my thing. LSU is a really good team. Boston but College, I, but frankly, the way they not. I guess the way they responded to a horrible start was what Fair. I was so impressed with. Fair. Like it was it looked like Man, when the first quarter ended, you're like, this could be a four-quarter game, and they're going to be lucky to get out of here with a seven-point win. And then midway through the third, 11 minutes to go in the third quarter, they're up by 21 points and getting the ball back. Like, they were in position to blow them out, and they just fiddle-farted around and, and lost their edge or exhaled or whatever. But they had a good run in that game, too. And I can I can say this with complete sincerity. If they go on another 28 nothing run this weekend – everybody's going to be really happy at the end of the day. Like that's, that's not normal to go on 28, nothing runs on the road in the ACC. It's also not normal to almost blow a 31, 10 lead to a team that lost to, uh, or barely beat Holy Cross the week before. So lost to Northern Illinois. And lost to Northern Illinois. There's some good and some bad there. Um, but I, again, the floor is lower than we thought. The ceiling has not changed at all. Fair. Aaron Rodgers, the season is officially over, but yours has just begun at my bookie. Those are the words on the ad they want me to read. I can't believe that. I love Aaron Rodgers. I, I take no joy at all. Uh, I'm sad, man. Uh, mm. The Jets just, you know. Looks like they're missing them a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Looks like they're missing them a little bit. Uh, NFL college ball and a brand new cash out system give you options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, go ahead, cash out early and place another bet or let it ride for the chance at a bigger payday. Join us at MyBookie for an entire season filled with daily odd boosts, same game parlays, and huge prize pool contests. All right, use the promo code WARCHANT on your first deposit of $50 or more, and you can receive a cash bonus. You know about that. Uh, up to $200 in cash, depending on how much you put into your account. Again, the promo code is WARCHANT. Right now over on MyBookie, Corey, Florida State, a one-and-a-half point favorite. 55-and-a-half is the total points. Um I've said that I thought they were going to win by two scores against everybody, so I, I've I've got to hunker down. So I guess maybe like 35-24 is where I'll go with okay. these, right. and then that keeps you, you know, that, it kind of gets close to the total. So maybe that maybe that's what they're seeing out there in the islands uh, and the desert. So make your pick. 
Do it at mybookie.ag. Use that promo code WARCHAM for your instant cash deposit bonus. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere at mybookie.ag. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, Corey, FAU, not a great team, but Clemson obviously uh, thumps them, throttles them. So, you think Clemson's coming in confident? Yes. uh, Assertive? Yep. Um, It's FAU, though. I don't know, but maybe that was the – could this be a a bad combination, though, or you ultimately think that Florida State, we think they're going to center and get back to level because, I mean, on the surface, you see a Clemson team that probably has a whole bunch of confidence and maybe a Florida State team that has – doubt in their minders the next four practices going to be enough to get any sort of doubt you have out of your mind and and find out and reclaim what you were against southern miss and and lsu well you hope they're mad right Mm. like they should be mad they should be embarrassed and that could be that you know that and again i'm not a psychologist i know i sound like one folks i'm incredibly intelligent but Mm. i'm not um i guess i am a psychologist i'm just not paid for it yeah but um but I, i don't know how they handle that embarrassment um, and frankly, probably a little, I mean, I just embarrassment. I was going to say shame, but that's, that's too strong. Yeah. Uh, it is just sports, but they were embarrassed by the way they finished that game. And it, it can go one or two ways. It can go, man, we're not as good as we thought we were going to be. And the next time they give up two straight scores or give up, they might, they might say, oh, here we go again. Or what I think will happen, but I don't know for sure is that they use this as fuel. Like, okay, y'all think y'all moved us down one for a team that was tied 10-10 in the fourth with Wyoming? Okay, that's fine. But watch this. That was one bad quarter. Watch what we're capable of. Watch what we're going to do to this team on the road. And then keep doubting us. Keep thinking that we're overrated. Keep chanting that at us. Um, I, I, I think it's more of the former, or sorry, the latter, because they are so experienced. And I think so many of them have played so much college football that unlike the fans and unlike the us media members, I don't think they're going to overreact to one bad 45-minute stretch. And I mean 45 minutes of real time. Um, but it felt like an, those last 30 minutes of that game, like just in real time, felt like four hours. It was unbelievable. But I think they realized that that's sports. And they played enough football to know, okay, that was a that was a – uh, a, a, a glitch, a blip, but it's not who we are. They're going to see who we are on Saturday. And Clemson's probably watching this film, licking their chops. Like, oh, golly, we're going to be wide open in the middle of the field. Uh, and, oh, yeah, Cade, you're going to be able to run all over these guys because they let quarterbacks just run all over them. Um, and, by the way, he can move. He's an athletic yes, kid. He is, he is. He isn't like this dude was, though. Like Brady said, I was watching the game with Brady, which I don't get the, uh, I'm going to say misfortune to do that a lot. Uh, Brady's probably right. I don't know that there's a faster quarterback in the country. There's certainly not a shiftier one. There might be guys that are as shifty, but not more shifty than this kid. I mean, this kid, I mean, he was he was a ridiculous athlete. They man. sacked he, him, though. Like, Jordan didn't get sacked. Come on. Jordan's more elusive than he is. No, no chance. And that's no offense to Jordan because he's a great athlete, too, but he's not, he's not this kid. 
this kid is a next level athlete back there. And again, the problem was he let him make some easy throws. Then he felt good about himself. But um, but the 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 Klubnik kid can move. But he's not a guy that if he's not a guy that I don't think changes the way you rush. There were times where Jared Burst would just stand at the line of scrimmage. Like yeah. almost bracketing them. Yeah, Patrick Payton almost like went into spy on. Some yeah, situation. and it's like that's not how you. And they won't. I don't know that they'll face another quarterback where they have to do that. It just so happened the two most mobile running threat quarterbacks they had to face came in the first three games of the season. Hmm. Um, and, and so that was what that's what just you know hurt them. I don't. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. I, I do think that Clemson will look at that film and they're going to feel really good about their chances. I think that's good. I I just do. I I think I I, I just think the mind and it, you know it's it's a mindset thing. Obviously the X's and O's and execution matter all matter more than that. But there's no way Florida State can come into this game um, overconfident. Hmm. You can't be. But there is a way that Clemson comes in this game overconfident. Not only do they feel like they've righted the ship after a bad first game, but uh, they watch that game on Saturday. Against Boston College, Dabo said it afterwards when they we saw it in the ACC network that he watched the game during the day. Um, so they they know what Florida State that Florida State almost lost to a team that almost lost to Holy Cross and did lose to Northern Illinois. So they're going to come in with and plus they've beaten them nine years in a row. So I just love that Florida State can feel hunt, like the hunter again because there's no way when you haven't beaten a team for nine years that you should be expected to win or you should feel you should be overconfident. That's more the, – the expectations don't matter. They do expect to win. Overconfident. They can't be overconfident now. Yeah. I think they will be dialed in. I think they will have – you know, I think they'll have a really good week of practice. I think they learned a lesson. And I think it pro, it could be a, uh, a a huge benefit for them at the end of the day that they had a game like they had against Boston College so they don't feel like they're invincible because mm-hmm. clearly they're not. If the kid doesn't grab the face mask – they might have lost to a team that barely beat Holy Cross, so they know they're not invincible. But if they find that magic that they had for the final 20 minutes against LSU, for the whole game against Southern Miss, for that middle 20 minutes against Boston College, they'll beat Clemson by multiple scores maybe, and they're the best team in the country. That's still in there. I've watched all these teams play now, man. I think they're the best team in the country when they're playing well. When they play poorly, apparently they can lose to Holy Cross. Yeah, and I just, again, I did not think they had that level of poor play in them. Me either. I didn't either. And, and again, I I didn't. I I thought even when things were starting to go bad, okay, the offense is going to have one drive here to end all this. And then the fumble happened. And then even then, I'm like, okay, they hit a big pass to Johnny. And you're like, okay, they're about to – they're about to go and right the ship here, get this thing, get some separation. And then the OPI happens. Yeah. It, you know, they just kept shooting. And then they just couldn't run the ball when they were trying to run the ball. They were trying to run out the clock. And I think there's a valuable lesson there. There's a chance, a decent one, that what? You're up, let's say, 27 to 19 with four minutes to go at Clemson. Well, now you know. What you can and can't do in those situations, you got a miracle. You got to get your not miracle. You got to manage some first downs to end the game, and they did that really poorly. But one game, yeah. one game. The vast more the most of the data points for this team this season have been uh, very very impressive, right? Yeah. It's just that one game, that one ending was awful. 
But the data points still say this is one of the best teams in the country, and they can go beat anyone, most certainly Clemson on the road on Saturday. Yeah, they've authored, again, I think, you know, there were some people that thought, you know, rightly wrongly. I mean, I could see it. I didn't agree with it, but would say that Texas had the most impressive win of the season going into Tuscaloosa and beating Alabama. But after seeing them struggle yes. against USF, now it seems like, and, and the way that LSU absolutely dismantled Mississippi State in Starkville in the SEC opener for both those teams, uh, that Florida State still has or yeah. has regained the most impressive win of the entire early it's season. It's absolutely the most impressive win of the season to date, which is why I thought it was pretty laughable that they dropped in the polls. Because the poll, singular. Sorry, the poll, yeah. yeah. They stayed number three in the coaches. They're number four in the AP. All that works itself out. It's not a big deal. It's yeah. just it's more of the uh, the reactionary state of the media today, um, but or how it's always been, really. But it's like, man, they, they, they beat LSU by 21 points. And LSU on Saturday looked like the best team in the country. Yeah. And they lost to the team you cheer for by 21 points. So just let's exhale. Not quite to the level that the team did in Chestnut Hill on Saturday, but let's exhale and get literally like I know it's been a lot of complaining. I, I don't mean to be like that. I'm not normally that guy. I was just well, there we were have a lot really of things. high expectations for this team because the... well for that game yeah. once they got up 31 to 10, I was like, yeah man, make your statement, hmm. show them that this is a different, and then you almost let them back in the game to lose it. But at the end of the day, this is not me just being a homer. I really do think there's a chance it could end up being one of the best things that happened to this team. So then the next time they're playing a Duke, are they playing there? Look, man, that was another thing you notice on Saturday. Syracuse went up and beat Purdue pretty badly in that big old white kid for the quarterback. Uh, what's his Whoa, name? Why got why got why got I don't know. Why, why am I using label? race? Garrett what's Schrader. his name? Garrett Schrader. Schrader. He ran for like 200 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, he put it on him. Miami, I mean, I know it's just the one win, really. I feel the other like two Syracuse been... started off like 5-0 and last year or something, too. They just, but I, it's... Well, sure, but it's a road win at Purdue. Okay. So they're not going to be a pushover. Right. Uh, Duke clearly isn't going to be a pushover. Right. Florida just beat Tennessee. Wake Forest came back from a huge deficit Let's to win. Let's go Deeks, baby! They're 3-0. and um, All of a sudden, you're looking at Pitt's this lousy, schedule. Though. Pitt's really lousy. But Pitt, yes, Pitt. Uh, well, let's say that uh, Syracuse has replaced Pitt. Okay. on the worry scale for now because Pitt doesn't seem to have a quarterback. Syracuse at least has a quarterback. Um, but, yeah, all of a sudden you're looking at this schedule like, okay, there's some real tests out here now. There's some real tests. And I think the good, the message that should be sent, and I'm sure already has been sent by this coaching staff, is, look, if you can almost lose to Boston College, you can lose to anybody left on this schedule. Literally anybody not named – well, they wouldn't say this. Virginia Tech, you'd, you'd have a hard time losing to unless you played an F game, and um, and then uh, Northern Alabama at the end of the year. Other than that, look at Florida, look at Miami, look at Wake, Duke, Syracuse, Clemson clearly in Death Valley. All these games are losable if you don't play well. But the good news is, gang, as you've proven, when you play well, you are probably the best team in the United States. Just Keon play better, baby. We love you, Keon. This is Keon County after all. It is. So you got to – and I, I am genuinely excited about how he responds, right? Because he is a great football player. He is a fantastic football player. And I love watching guys like that come off bad games. That's why I was so encouraged by Johnny on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, he was – him and Jaheim. Jaheim didn't do anything against Southern Miss. I don't think either one of them had a catch. And then they come out there and have uh, like 180 yards between them. 
Jaheem had one touchdown, really had two. Those guys played really well. You throw in a highly performing key on to the mix and get Trey Benson being Trey Benson again, man, this is an exciting offense and an exciting football team. And I am really genuinely, genuinely fascinated to see what they're going to be like on Saturday. Yeah. And I, I can't wait to see how Keon responds Was because he... in, in a way it's probably good that he put that on film for Clemson. Take him lightly. <laughs> don't, don't, don't rotate a safety over cover him one-on-one. You can do it. He's not a problem. Those LSU corners are terrible. You got nothing to worry about. Like, I love that there's that, that there's an extra challenge for him this week because he's coming off a bad game where they absolutely needed him and he didn't come through. I think that means he could come through in a huge way on Saturday. Yeah, Jaheim and Johnny did not register catches against uh, Southern Miss. So take with that as you will. Um, what did you think about Jordan's plays? We kind of wind things down here. Just – you know, uh, you look, I thought he was fine. I thought he was good. I, I think there are some decisions in the second half he made in the run game that were clearly affected by the by the injury hmm. that he wouldn't have made otherwise. But, you know, I don't know that I would say, um, you know, I, I, I think I thought he was good. I mean, his he had a good rating. He didn't he didn't come close to throwing any interceptions that I remember. I think he made the, the throw to Johnny down the sideline. The way that Jordan reacted it seemed like he wanted Johnny to stop before he did. What the on the one where they in the fourth the quarter, third down, third and three after Boston College made it a one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that then they was, gave the ball right back. That was the first time I got upset. Honestly, the whole the whole game, I'm just like, yeah, you know, this is these these games happen. Then when they went on the run, I'm like, all right, they're gonna they're gonna pull away and win and cover the spread. But it remained nip and tuck, and I still wasn't upset. I'm like, it's just gonna be one of these close games. But that that play, I, I literally got up off my sofa and like cursed. I yeah. just I couldn't believe that was the decision to do that. Well, and I you look, I don't know if if that obviously there's never just a one read in this offense or any offense anymore. I haven't it looked like he had somebody it looked like he had might have had Toa Feely open for a first down and he chose Johnny. Johnny's that security blanket though, man. Yeah. And I but anyway, I, the decision I wasn't in love with, the call, play call I wasn't in love with, the decision I wasn't in love with and then the throw just the way Jordan reacted, it was almost like Johnny kept going a step too long, and he was supposed to stop. It was a back shoulder throw, obviously. They've done that a million times, and it just uh, didn't work out. But, uh, you know, other than that, I thought I thought Jordan was perfectly fine. And, okay. look, man, give it up for the kid. I, look, the way he got hurt, you hate it. You, 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 I wonder, I was, I was thinking about this driving uh, back to Tallahassee on Sunday. I was thinking about because of the way that drive went, they got the ball with a minute left and they threw two straight incompletions and ran seven seconds off the clock. And that's what they do in period three every day, everybody. Like the, where that ball was placed, the amount of time that was on the clock, that's, a, that's like they practice that every single day. Yeah. So, but anyway, so they got no, they, they didn't run any clock. I, I didn't like, I wasn't in love with the, I thought they'd run the ball in the first down, try to hit like a 10 or 12 yard chunk play with a draw or a little screen, something safe to make sure, okay, if we don't get a ton of yards, at least the clock's running, we don't have to get the ball back. And we're guaranteed of going in the lead, going into halftime with the lead, and we're getting the ball to start the second half. So let's not give the ball back to Boston College with a lot of time. Well, the first two plays take eight seconds off the clock. And I think one of them was a jump ball to Keon that he didn't catch. So then it's now it's third and ten. Nobody's open, apparently. Jordan Ray runs around outside towards the Florida State sideline. And I wonder if somebody told him, stay in bounds. Stay because Boston College, I don't think I think they were out of timeouts, so they only had one timeout. 
So stay in bounds, make them use their timeout. I would think maybe somebody on the sideline is yelling stay in bounds, and that's why he cut it back in. Now, in another scenario, if you hadn't thrown two straight incompletions, maybe my man just runs out of bounds, knowing that there's no chance. You know what I'm saying? Just from a strategic standpoint, that maybe he heard or maybe he thought to himself because it was the smart decision. I can't run out of bounds right here. I got to make them at least use a timeout. I can't give the ball back to them after 12 seconds, the way this kid is running and throwing on us. So anyway, that was what was so unfortunate that I think if they had handled the first two plays better, um, he's not, he doesn't feel the need to cut it back on third and 10. And then, you know, he almost got the first down, but then ends up getting hurt on the last, essentially the last play of the half, which was a bummer, but he, he did come back in the second half and you know, he was in a ton of pain. You saw how he was holding that arm or that shoulder or whatever was going on with him. And he came back and led two touchdown drives and stayed in there. Cause he's a tough kid. He's a leader. And, you know, I, of it, he, hey, you know what, Aslan? He got him a W. He did. But I, but I thought he played fine. I, he wasn't great. He wasn't incredible. Weirdly, well, let's be honest. He was the second best quarterback on the field. But, again, over the course of a season and yeah. over the course of a career, Jordan Travis is a better quarterback than this kid. It's just on that day, on this day, this kid made some special, special, unique plays. But, obviously, you would take Jordan Travis over this kid. Yes, um, yes. It's just that it just so happened that on this day, this kid was really good. But I thought Jordan was fine. I thought he ran the offense fine. They they didn't. They, they got to get more out of their running backs. I just say it like that. They got to get better play out of their running backs, in my opinion. And that's kind of been, you know, that that that's not like a one-game thing. I haven't been in love with the way they've run the ball all year, honestly, yeah. no. to start the season. Um, so, but you got to hope and think that that will get better. They are well-coached. They're veterans. And, you know, good teams get better as the season goes on, so I expect them to. It's a good palate cleanser, Clemson. This is – we'll yeah. know now. I mean, again, who they are, what they were in that fourth quarter against LSU, uh, I think is much more closer to the trajectory I feel they'll end up on this season than that last – the fourth quarter against Boston College. I yes. really feel like – I do too. It's just Clemson, the whole – We'll call Clemson like the tiebreaker. And I, I, I think Clemson, and I think Florida will be on the right side of it. But so. again, what what you did by winning that game, and again, you almost lost it. It would have been. It's just you avoided a catastrophe because if you lose to Clemson, there's. I mean, Clemson's a fine team, man. There's no shame in that. There's no. You're still three ah, and one at the end of yeah, September. It's Ten in a row or whatever. Nine in. Yo, a row. No, it's awful. I don't know. But it's, it's yeah. you. You don't. It's not a season ender. You avoided ruining your season. No. You go and lose to Clemson. And you, there's a chance you could go play them again. If you if you take care of business the rest of the way, you will play them again, perhaps. Mm-hmm. You can still get to the ACC championship game. But it's not a season ender because it's at Death Valley. It's a pretty good team. I mean, you know, whatever. You That game on Saturday, if you had lost it, would have been unbelievably devastating. Especially it would have felt like Jacksonville State yeah. almost, legitimately, because yeah. the expectations are so much higher. And you lose to that team would have been devastating. But they didn't. They didn't. Now you go up to Clemson. I feel like it should. They should go in kind of carefree, Aslan. No, man. We're we're trying to win a national title, man. We're this is business. But they this they avoid. They know they can win a national title and still lose this game. Ah. Oh. They couldn't do that on Saturday, and they played tight. They played nervous. I don't think you'll see that at Clemson. I think. A weight came off their shoulders when they avoided that mayhem. They they avoided that colossal loss. I I I again I could be completely wrong. They might not have any confidence now. They might get ready to lose forty to seven. 
I don't no, see that happening no, though. No. I think I think this end up, could end up being a uh, a good thing for him. But uh, oh, I was going to say something else. I think there's about... a wait. It's just you know what you have to do to that team if you believe in who you guys really are, what you can do. Like you know, you have to go into that game with a level of focus that you've shown before in this season. You talking about Clemson? Yes. No. If you're yeah. Florida State, like if you're Florida yeah, yeah, yeah. State, you. I don't think there's any weight off the shoulder or like recalibration after this. I, I think you know, maybe there's a, a sense of like we dodged a bullet, but it's yes. It's, it's but not, I think there's a that that could free you up a little bit. You did dodge a bullet. It's been. It's I don't like want you, them to be free though. I think that it needs to be like you need to clamp down, man. I think this is like no accountability across the board everybody every single rep this weekend yeah i don't think it's like playing with a, a sense of like freedom and stuff like oh we've seen that we can play a c minus game and still win and we'll just let's just get back to who we are i think it's we can never let anything like that even remotely come close to happening again and it starts this week well I, I think sure but I, I i i think when you're in a game like they played on saturday the weight of a loss becomes as you saw can become uh, like a straitjacket. You can't move. You feel the weight of that because of how bad a loss it would be. And so you you can't you couldn't have watched the last twenty minutes of re, of game time and not thought that they played tight. And I thought he coached nervous. I thought they played nervous. Um, now the defense give them credit. They made some plays when it absolutely mattered. Um, it wasn't like Boston College was going up and down the field necessarily. They just they did great on first and second down. Heaven knows. Third and fourth down were a different story, but first and second. And I'm also surprised he didn't go for it on fourth and 24. The way that kid was pulling rabbits out of his butt, I was surprised they even punted. But um, but when you're at when you're at Clemson, obviously you're going to want to win. Obviously there's pressure, but it's not the weight of a devastating career-defining loss if you lose there because you do think you might play him again. And it's not. A, I just it's the it's like you see with uh, in the NCAA tournament. You just some when you're playing a team you're supposed to beat when you're a two playing a fifteen and the fifteen has a four point lead with eight minutes to go, all of a sudden things get really really tight and I don't foresee that being the case in Clemson again I could be completely wrong though uh, you do have a kicker advantage it would appear I don't want to jinx <laughs> it I'm gonna knock on wood if I can find some there we go uh, hey hats off to Fitz not only did he make his only kick and all his extra points he boomed the kickoffs too. Yeah, yeah. Even when they got the um, Keandre got the unsportsmanlike after the last touchdown, and he had to kick from the twenty. I think they still started that drive at like the thirty-one. He kicked it almost to the five. I mean, he was booming the ball. I know there was some wind there, but he kicked it in both directions and kicked it well. So I thought, uh, shout out to him for doing a uh, a really good job. Yeah, sixty-five minutes later, just let it be known. Still, I, I do not walk back on any of my proclamations of this team, what their goals should be, and what they're mm. capable of was not happy at all with the way they played Saturday. I did not think that sort of stuff resided in them still. The fact that it is gives me a little bit of pause. But, again, I still think they are supremely talented. I think they're more talented than the team they're going to play this weekend. Yeah. Uh, and every subsequent weekend the rest of the season, no matter what happened in Gainesville, no matter what happened, um, you know, in, in West Lafayette, uh, none of that changes. So let's just button it up, guys. And Duke? Duke looks unbeatable? <laughs> I mean, come on, man. That kid, that quarterback's the real deal. Man, you do have to play some quarterbacks now. That's, the way Van Dyke's playing, uh, the way Riley Leonard at Duke, uh, like I said, Schrader's his whole different animal with the way he runs. Uh, the good news is, although Schrader's an athlete, obviously, and is a very, very impressive athlete at that, he's not the shift. He doesn't, he's, those shifty dudes are just a different deal, man. Yeah. 
Like, he's not a guy that's going to uh, juke you one-on-one and go for 40 yards. He's a guy that if you give him an alley and he picks up a head of steam, he can run 60. But I, I feel like Florida State's all right with those guys. Same thing with Klubnik. Like, Klubnik's a, a good athlete and, and can run by people. He's not – I don't mean a good athlete like, oh, he's not a statue. Like, he's a fast kid. But he's not going to – he's not a slot-wide receiver playing quarterback. He's a – you know, he, he can be – dealt with one-on-one in, in certain scenarios. But, yeah, I uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see. We, we got a lot to talk about throughout the week. I did want to say, um, did you? so you fell asleep at the end of the Colorado-Colorado We're not game. talking about this. We We're are. Talking about I'm not talking about Dion. I don't care about the attention or game day or anything else. What bothers me, and by the way, who are you to say what we're talking about, Aslan? We're, it's, a co- it's a partnership. I, I'd love to talk about it, but people, like, he is No, no, I'm not. I, this is this is an indictment. Of the coaching profession, okay. not Dion or, or any of that okay. uh, cult of personality stuff. So that the guy, the Norvell, the other Norvell, unrelated, unrelated, unrelated. This, this Norvell. He he uh, he says what he says during the week. He writes this huge check with his mouth that his players then go and play the best game Colorado State's has played in I don't know how long. How about Without, that receiver? How about that Horton? He's kid? incredible. The tight end is incredible. Yeah. And he fumbled. He had that horrible fumble. But those guys played their butts off. The quarterback, who I don't even know is very good, played his butt off. They're in a position to pull off this huge upset as 24-point underdogs. They've gotten the ball. They've gotten a few first downs. They're up by eight. They've got the ball like the Colorado 40-yard line. It's fourth and two with two minutes left. And Colorado has one timeout. So if you get two yards... Lay that out again. I'm sorry, Corey. Lay that out again. That's They have fourth and two. They're up by eight. It's 28-20. Okay. They have the ball. They've gotten a few more first downs because 14 is awesome. Um, they had the ball at the Colorado 40 with two minutes left. Yeah, I went to and, bed after it was 28-20, to 20 and they did not go through. I'm like, if Colorado State goes three and out, I'm like, I'll stay up. But I mean, if they get a first down on this first drive, they'll yeah. probably just bleed the clock out. So they got three first downs, I think. So uh-huh. they bleed the clock. There's two minutes left. Yeah. It's th- it's fourth and two. Number one, it's third and seven. You call a run and get five yards. So it's now fourth. Or no, it's actually a short pass, but they got five yards. So it's fourth and two. Balls at the Colorado 40. Two minutes left. Colorado has one timeout. Any punts. And the quarterback, after the completion to get it to the fourth and two, the quarterback's like pointing, like, let's go for it. Let's go for it. I can promise you all the players on the team wanted him to go for it. And the, the, the reasoning is here, man, I know you – and look, the punter punted him out at the two-yard line. So he did a great job. But 55 seconds later, Colorado's in the end zone and they've tied the game. So it, and we saw it last year with the LSU-Florida State game. In college football anymore, starting the ball with the one – it's not ideal, but it's not a deal breaker. <laughs> teams can, teams late in the game can drive 99 yards. Um, so I just I can't fathom being the guy that says what he said to rile up that entire program over there when they were probably going to sleepwalk, get even more attention to this, have Dion puffing his chest out the whole week. Your players showed up for you and fought their butts off for 58 minutes. And all they're asking you to do, coach, is believe in them for one more play and not be a coward. And you cowardly punted the ball. They go down the field, score. And and look, man, I'm not one of those people in hindsight if they get stuffed being like, why, did, why didn't you punt it? It's absolutely the right decision to go for it there. You can end the game with one play. And then you could put your sunglasses on and high step to the coach to the handshake line if you want to. Whatever you want to do. And it just so disappointed me that it was such – 
uh, just these these football coaches, man. Like they preach toughness and accountability and drive and want to. And then when the moment is like that, they're such cowards some of the time. I hate it. And then, so they punted it. Shadur, who's very good, by the way, leads them down for a game-time touchdown. And then they go to overtime. Colorado gets the ball first. Dion Dion won the toss and chose to take the ball. (laughs) Right. Which has never happened before. So Colorado scores because, of course, they scored. And then this guy... 14 is an incredible player. He makes two incredible plays, including a great catch in the back of the end zone. Now they have one play. If they go for two, they have one play to win the game because he could tell his defense is not going to get a stop and his best player just been kicked out of the game for the team's 14th personal foul or whatever it was. So his best defensive player. So they score. Great throw. Great catch. And what does this coward do? He kicks the extra point. I just can't. And I don't mean to call him a coward. I'm sure he's a very tough dude. It's a cowardly decision. And I don't understand how tough football coaches continually make the cowardly safe decisions. And it's getting better, but that is what you did to those players throughout the week and the bullseye you put on their back for them to come out and fight like that and play like that to give you a chance for two yards or three yards to win the game in one play and you decide to kick an extra point and punt it. And now you're 0 2, and Dion got to puff his chest out, and they got to storm the field because you were too cowardly to actually try to go win the game with one play. And there, I'm done. It's like one hour and 11 minutes. I don't know if everyone's still listening to this. Um, I don't care. I got it off my chest, Aslan. I don't have to say it again. Well, you know that the hit that took Travis Hunter out of the game was was like it was. What's the word I'm trying to look for here? It's dirty. More so than it was, it was flagrant. It was just it was yes. a completely uh, foul, out of bounds hit. Yes, and it's and it's, but, it's, a, it's a kind of thing. It's the only thing that would would let me watch the first like ten minutes of Florida State playing Florida when Tim Tebow was there. I'm like, if they can just if they can just hurt him, like not yeah. not permanently, not majorly, but like if they can just knock him out of the game. That would make my entire season, guys. Can you do that for me? They never were able to. Geno Hayes, God rest his soul, tried to, or at least said before the game he was going to, and he couldn't. So I wonder what it felt like to be a Colorado State fan and be like, man, I wish somebody would just hit this guy and knock him out of the game, and then you saw your guy do it. But then you still lost the game. And how about just how goofy it is? I mean, that was as dirty a hit as you're going to see. That was an incredibly dirty hit. It was well out of – I mean, and look, it's especially in the context of modern football – it's the kind of stuff we saw all the time growing up. Yeah, yeah. But in modern college football, you just don't see hits like that anymore. And then, you know, he got ta- he got penalized for a personal foul. He sent Travis Hunter to the hospital, and he got to stay in the game. Meanwhile, if a linebacker running full speed trips and ducks his head for a second and his face mask hits the running back's face mask, he's, uh, he's ejected. <laughs> uh, it's just so crazy that you wouldn't eject somebody for that, but you would for these uh, these just dumb targeting calls. But hey, that's another that's another that podcast is, for another is, day. We oh. did it. We did our part, everyone. We talked ourselves through it. Best team in the country still. <laughs> Get excited for Saturday. Jeff Cameron Show, 1 to 3 o'clock. Tune into that. Um, and then Warchant.com will have you covered from the Monday Presser. We'll speak to Mike Norvell, all the coordinators, uh, people tweeting at us, you better ask the hard questions. I don't know. Maybe we will. Maybe we mm. won't. Uh, but we'll be there. So go to Warchant.com and check it all out. He's Corey Clark. I'm Aslan Hunjavani. Thank you for listening to Wake Up Warchant, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill.